0: So basically last, well, it was a long time ago now. Can you remember, James, you hosting or being like a kind of, yeah, being one of the hosts at Adweek? Do you remember what year that was?
1: Yeah, um, Just I don't remember the year, but it would have been maybe must've 2012. It like, must
0: have been 2012, so what, yeah. seven years ago. And it's the first time I met James. I say met, I kind of stalked him. And James <laughs> was hosting. He was the youngest guy at this event by a mile and was hosting like this big panel and pretty much I realized quite quickly they were all your customers. So I was losing my head. I was like, Hotels.com I think it was, yeah. a couple of others. William Hill, eBay. It was amazing. Yeah. And I was, I'd was i just gone as this kind of like, I was still in my second year at uni or whatever, looking up at this this like young guy. And I was, it, you were mate, you looked so at ease. You were in your element. You were like a natural like host. And it was the first person, young person I'd met that I'd looked at and thought, I wanna be there one day, I'd love to be there. And it was so inspiring. I remember trying to speak to you at the end, you were like, you were getting mobbed, so I didn't get a chance. But I remember saying to Jamie, one day that'll happen. Anyway, fast forward to this year, literally a couple of weeks ago, I was on the IAB panel, which is one of the biggest like, panels that I've done or one of the biggest events I felt like I've spoken at. And literally the night before, I told my girlfriend, I was like, there was this guy called James who I kind of know. And a few years ago, he inspired me and I f- I'm, g- I'm feeling really, what's the word when you get like, um, you, you look back and fondly on Nostalgic. Yeah, nostalgic. I was like, this guy. And then the next the day off the panel, the next day, James um, wrote his blog post about stepping down from Fetch, leaving Fetch and starting his gap year, which we'll talk about now. And so I had to DM him. I was like, mate, I don't know if this sounds like weird, but uh, this happened and I'd love to chat to you. Mate, um,
1: such a cool story. It made, me feel, <laughs> made me feel great, obviously. Um, m- more than anything else, though, to think... You know, I forget that... It's really odd, but I forget that my journey will inspire other people. Mm. And that is... I've had various rewards for my journey in lots of different ways. But that's the reward I'm really enjoying now, to think that I've inspi- inspired a variety of different people. And I do remember that ad week, I did it for a couple of years and I remember that one you're talking about. And um, it's funny because I was shitting myself. <laughs> really? <laughs> Even though I might have looked at ease. I went on a speaking course, because I've done a lot of speaking, and um, I, I was always quite a good speaker, but I got nervous and I thought, I'm gonna go on this speaking with impact course. And uh, two interesting and relevant things came from that actually, for this story or for this conversation. One is uh, towards the end of the day, the guy, Jeff Grout, he's a really good business coach. He, um, he said, so what is it you really wanted to get from today? And I said, well, actually, you know, I'm okay at talking, but um, I just get really nervous and it takes a lot of energy and I just want to get rid of that. And he said, ah, oh, bad news, it just doesn't really go. You know, even the best speakers in the world will still get a bit nervous, but you need that. You need that positive energy to, you know, to, to, to keep you on your toes. But the other thing that happened that day was, um, and this was years ago, right? Mm. This would have been probably, this could have been close to 10 years ago. That's so weird. (laughs) I still think I'm 25, definitely not. Um, So the other weird thing was you had to write uh, a speech, just didn't matter what it said, Um, but you just had to write a speech so that you could talk back to the group. And people were writing about all types of bizarre things. And I wrote about a theory that I had in my head 10 years ago that was, I was comparing mobile phone usage. Now, bear in mind Fetch was focused purely on mobile very early on. The smartphone would have only been out for a year or two at this point. Mm. I wrote that um, I was trying to draw parallels between the growth in mobile usage and how the growth of smoking all those years ago happened in the same way. And actually, it caught on so quickly. It's addictive, but it, it takes years to understand what impact it can have on your health. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know the facts, but it would have taken well over de- a couple of decades to realize, uh-oh, smoking kills you. And mm. my um, thought is, what happens if Actually, we all get totally glued to these mobiles. We use them all the time, and it affects our. I didn't. I'm not sure if I knew it was going to be mental health, but I. Well, I think I did actually. Uh, I might not have used those words, but creating that level of anxiety and addiction, it increases the you know the chemicals in your body or, or something, mm. and that's what I wrote about. Mm. Um, so I've always been aware that, and I, I, the reason I think it's relevant is because, of course, that is exactly what your your business sanctus is, is very much. Well, it's focused on mental health. Mm. Um, and that's always stuck with me. Actually, wow. the other thing I predicted was that the iPad would never take off, and it did. So <laughs> yeah, I don't get all right.
0: I, it's, it's interesting hearing though that you were nervous, because the thing I remember was you were really f- you had the room laughing, and I, I that stuck with me for seven years. Like, I just wow. remember your your charisma maybe a bit of that nervousness, like came off in like jokes and laughter and you had the roommate and oh, that's cool to it's hear, memorable, yeah. but it's, it's interesting to know behind that you were nervous because there's no, I would never have thought that. Yeah, you know, school,
1: yeah, yeah. School. I was nervous, definitely. But mm-hmm. it, 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 you know, I don't know how you found, how did you find the panel, the IB panel? I
0: can't re- oh yeah, it was good. Um, yeah. I was saying to Scotty though, I felt similar to you. Like I was sitting next to Josh at Mediacom, CEO there, somebody else senior at WH Smith, and, I, and everybody else in the room was CEOs, MDs in the, in the ad industry. And when they introduced me, I honestly, my immediate gut re- reaction was to laugh and be like, guys, I don't know wh- how I've got here. My, 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 <laughs> my, my instinctive reaction was to play myself down and, do you know what I mean? Like make a bit of a mockery of the fact that I was mm. there. Yeah. Um, because it is true. I'm like, look, I've only, I don't know how I'm here. But yeah. at the same time, I don't know whether I learned this from you, but I also wanted to be like, actually, I should be here. Like, I've got something to say and I, I am on this level. And so I had to like shun that bit down a little bit. And I don't know, I've started recently trying to take myself a bit more seriously because yeah. I'm realizing actually I'm good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You <laughs> uh, are, it, I mean, It's weird.
1: It's a, I went through the same process. It's, I think it's probably natural for somebody who is... Who's young in you know leading a business in finding themselves in environments where you know well if you just look at it simply the people next to you are quite a bit older you know uh, maybe more experienced than whatever else and it's a it's a it's a balancing act which I don't think you know you the thing with balancing is it it it, it always has to evolve everything has to balance it doesn't just suddenly find a balance point and that's it um, yeah you know being honest and true to your yourself and your gut but also making keeping that in check and making sure actually I've got to think about I don't, I'm not going to use the word uh, I hate the term personal brand mm. but you got to think a little bit about
0: perception well, yeah because I'm doing myself a bit of a d- disservice by playing myself down absolutely Do you know what I mean? yeah, yeah yeah and you guys have got a you've got charisma
1: you know you're engaging people want to hear what you what what you're going to talk about but b you're talking about such an interesting important Mm. relevant topic i don't want to do it a disservice Mm. by calling it a topic but Mm. um which is which is really important and people care about Mm. or starting to care about it more
0: anyway but but that's what sorry i know if i know you've got questions scotty but that's how i felt at that when i met you seven years ago now and this is how i got introduced the day rather than oh here's george this kind of scrappy entrepreneur with this fast growing startup. Instead it was like, we're lucky to have George here, one of the f- co-founders of Sanctus who are leading the field. That's how I felt, that's how they introduced you back then. It was like, yeah. we're lucky to have James here from Fetch, who are industry experts. Did that feel weird for you at the time? Like, Because you were young.
1: I, I honestly don't remember because that was quite a long time ago.
0: <laughs> how old were you?
1: Well, I mean, I was 23 when I set Fetch up. So I would have been about 25 or 26 oh. at that stage. Um, but I've always, I, age for me has had, not so much now, because I've, I've got older, but <laughs> certainly in the early periods, I found that a challenge. Um, it And I found age being an exterior challenge and an interior challenge. Um, I think business, less so now, but it's certainly uh, 10 years ago, was prejudiced with age, ageist. Um, and so that but I, it's a, it's it's funny how quickly that goes as soon as you get a bit of a track record that does go out the window um, but also personally when i'm when i'm in your experience yourself you know when i'm the youngest person in the room constantly and, you know and they're not even just like managing I was managing 50-year-olds and i was in my 20s you know it does become you, it takes a bit of getting used to that mm-hmm. um, and drawing i've always found it hard to draw the line between and a lot of people get this wrong uh being confident and being arrogant Mm. that is a really tricky line to stay on the right side of Mm. and uh you've got to be confident if you're a young leader you got to be because people need to follow you and so if you don't believe in yourself how can they believe in you but at the same time you know you cannot be arrogant and an older person's confident is a younger person's arrogant. Mm. So it's always a tricky line. And you know what? Some people might have found me over the years arrogant, mm. which is, you know, which is because uh, I don't think I am, but uh, which is uh, maybe just a casualty of the circumstance. But it's always a line that I've, I've been cautious of treading. I,
2: yeah, I'll just go straight back in because we <laughs> do, we always skip it. But who are you? <laughs> <laughs> we do always skip this question. Yeah, but it's there.
1: <laughs> Yeah, who am I? Well, this is this this well, this is an interesting question. This should be a, you're looking for a straightforward answer, aren't you?
2: Um, I don't I'm not going to give you one. Well, no, we're not, well you one. yeah, that's we what I never mean. get one, Scotty. This we is
1: the first time that I've been asked to introduce myself, and I'm not the CEO of a company or whatever I was. So I'm just James. I'm James. I'm on a gap year, but I did found a company called Fetch uh, back in 2009. And in short, we uh, we innovated the mobile app marketing space and worked with some of the largest and some of the best app-based businesses to help them grow uh, through the sort of mobile app boom period. Mm. Uh, and today is one of the biggest uh, and smartest digital marketing companies in the world. See, I've still got the company <laughs> Yeah, it came <laughs> back out <there. laughs> It came back. <laughs> um, and, you know, I invest in businesses, so... We were just talking to the tribe guys who share an office with you. I'm an investor in that business and a bunch of others. And I love the startup world. Um, For the first time in, you know, since I started my business career, I called myself an entrepreneur uh, 11 days ago. Because I've always found that term incredibly uncomfortable. Don't know why, just don't like it. Mm. But I really couldn't think what else to call myself on LinkedIn when I stepped down from fetch. So I guess I'm an entrepreneur. (laughs)
2: What does it feel like to not introduce yourself as the CEO of Fetch?
1: Well, it takes a lot longer, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was much quicker when I could <laughs> go, I'm CEO of Fetch. Yeah.
2: Uh, how did that come about then, that, that big change? I know it's a big story, but...
1: The, the, me stepping down and... and well, you know, um, back in 2014, I sold the business to a big Japanese marketing company, Dentsu. It's the third largest marketing services company in the world, and we integrated it over the last four years into a 50,000 person organization. Mm-hmm. So um, truth be known, the likelihood of me continuing to stay on the business for the rest of my life was always quite slim. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was about picking the right time for the business and the right time for me. Mm-hmm. And I felt that, uh, you know, to take Fetch onto the next level, um, it would need a different type of leader within an organization that can navigate a huge Mm. corporate. Um, And so actually, I I started moving into more of a Dentsu. I did some work for Dentsu for the last 12 to 18 months. And I was uh, responsible for the corporate development strategy, M&A, and that's something which I found fascinating, really interesting um, and relevant to my own investment um, side, side of life. Um, and I just realized I actually went away at Christmas and then got engaged and um, just it was a it was a chance to go you know what I think that's the end of that chapter now mm. and before I start my my new one I'm gonna take a bit of time off I've mm. always wanted some time off so I need to sort of scratch that itch I went from 18 leaving school I was meant to take a gap year right and I was like, I, was, I just, I was so excited when I left school. I scraped through with crap grades, but I got into Oxford Brookes University. And the only reason I wanted to go there was because it had an England cricket academy and I was big into cricket. <laughs> and, um, but I wanted to take a year out because I was so fed up of education. I thought, well, at least i get a bit of a gap here. And then with about within about two or three months, <clears throat> I started working for a company that was called IPC. Media, which is now Time Inc, basically selling classified ads in the back of um, TV Times. And so, I've been working ever since. You know, So I never got that gap year, so I'm doing it now.
0: So this is the gap year you never had? This is the gap year I never had, yeah. And did you always plan to sell it, you know, when you think back to those early days? Like, what was the plan?
1: Um,
0: Truth be known,
1: yes. I always expected there to be a capital event yet yeah, to sell the business but that was never our strategy and that is a massive you know speaking to lots of people who, who run businesses you know that's a conversation that I've had regularly like that was never on a spreadsheet that was never on a chart that was never re- I mean you might you might get discussed at the odd board meeting but and perhaps I picked this up from listening to other founders and entrepreneurs but you know the, the the vision of a business and therefore the strategy and the culture and all the other important tent poles to running a successful company can't be around maximizing shareholder value. You know, they need to be around, they need to be, it needs to be mm-hmm. purpose-driven really. And um, so we, our strategy was never to sell the business, but I always expected to do so. Mm. The irony, and that's because, I, if I'm gonna be totally honest, I wanted to make some money. Mm. I was skint. <laughs> you know, I, I, m- my salary was non-existent uh, in the early days. Um yeah you know, i owned a probably a 10,000 pound car and that was about as far as i'd got so um i wanted to to set myself up for life and if and when i do another business of some sort i've got a really different perspective on it now mm-hmm. because there isn't a race to make a to to sell and actually something i felt i don't want to come across it, it, it badly here but in the spirit of total honesty once you sell a company and you make a bit of money you then go right i've got a responsibility now to look after that money and part of looking after it is to make it uh grow because of inflation and whatever else and just natural human um motivations and after a while of looking at every investment going and banks and whatever else you go I kinda of back myself to do this again. And you go, Why the bloody sell? You know. <laughs> um so not that and, and selling a business is a good thing. And it's often it can sometimes be good for the employees and the business itself, so I don't regret it for a moment. It's the, one of the best things that we've done, but it's not the only route. Mm. And um uh, you know, I, I would probably take a much longer I mean we, we sold within five years. Um the earnout was, was four years. Um, and we grew three times. We tripled the business through the through mm. earnout. Yeah. Wow. Um,
0: Do you know what an earnout is, Scotty? Not clue. Just so, very quickly.
1: Yeah. So basically, an earnout is when you sell a company, the 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 acquirer, the the company uh, or the entity that buys the the business, will um, lock the management in or the founders uh, for a period of time with an incentive. Mm. Um, that basically, my incentive was, the but the business would get revalued every year based on the profit that we'd grow, and if we grow the, the the profit, we'd grow the the valuation, and then they'd pay us the difference. So mm.
0: it was like reselling the business every year. Mm. So um, it's to ensure like the transition smooth, isn't it? Rather than they buy and then you leave and then it kind of all, it's a big shock. Exactly. Yeah, and it's and it works in some industries where you know
1: in, in the marketing and advertising industry, particularly in agencies it works quite well mm. because you lock in the, the management team who are focused on locking in the clients and the people and you can certainly but surely integrate the business without too much disruption, disruption over a period of time. Whereas the, the, the downside is um, you do create a bit of a church and state mm. setup. And so, if you take a technology business, they don't do it it's really. They go, right. Or maybe they do for a really short space mm. of time. They just want to take the business, take the product, get it in there. I mean, Salesforce is a good example. I spent quite a bit of time with Salesforce over the last 12 months. I mean, within six months, the brand is gone. <laughs> it becomes Salesforce Cloud Six. The, 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 the founders sometimes stay, but other, often just go, and it's different models. Mm. Risk, versus in, risk versus integration seems to
0: be mm. the leaders. I've always, I've always, Wanted to ask somebody, like, because it f- did it feel like you're an employee for the first time? Obviously, it's been your company, and then there's kind of a different setup, there's different owners involved. Was that the first time you had like it? Had you raised investment before that? Not really, no, not, no. not from any institution. So, this or is anything the first like time, that.
1: That was... uh, no, we had control of the business, so it would have been the first time that we didn't have control, but I have to say, it didn't feel like that at all. Yeah, cool, and there's a couple of reasons for that. One, we were fortunate enough to have <clears throat> quite a few different companies wanting to buy us and we created competitive tension and competitive tension is good to increase the, the valuation but it's also good to increase the terms mm. and um, you know you can, you can pick and choose who and under what conditions you're going to do a transaction with so we really liked Dentsu because they had a track record track record of letting companies get on with it. Yeah. And that was appealing to me, because I was only five years in and I want you know, we could see a lot of growth coming and I didn't want people to, you know, get in the way. Yeah. Um, and to be fair to, to Dentsu, they were fantastic. They you know, probably because we were doing well, they were like, Yeah, just get on with it, just <laughs> keep doing and what we're doing. <laughs> and actually we you know, because we changed our board and we put Dentsu on our board, we'd put board meetings in four times a year and you know, it was it was t- tough to get them to the board. I was like, "Come on, guys!" You know, you know. Um, so no, it, it didn't feel like that. Towards the end, it did mm. because as we integrated it, I lost control.
0: And I bet you're psychological Also, you're kind of there then. You know, you've done yeah. it for eight years by this point, and psychologically, it's like, "Look, I've done everything I can now. I'm actually already out the door in a way." Yeah, there's
1: that. And when I moved into Dentsu, I was an employee. Yeah, I was treated with a huge amount of respect. I reported into the chairman. I was on the board. It was. It didn't feel like it from a management perspective. It felt no different whatsoever. But I was an employee, mm. and I'm not sure I'm a good employee. <laughs> um,
2: was it because obviously you, it's a weird situation? You basically have to almost sit in that decision for two years of uh, of leaving of selling. Was it? Was there any additional difficulty in the sense that if you ever regretted the decision, then you're kind of in it then
1: no I think well when you do something like the same with taking on a you know big investment like from a VC or private equity or, or wherever it might be <clears throat> if you're going to do that it is like a marriage and I heard somebody speak about this recently um, I think it might have been on the Holly Tucker podcast uh, she's founder of Not On The High Stream um, <clears throat> and it's actually a good analogy because um, you, you mentioned it didn't you you were saying it's like a it's like a marriage. Mm. And uh, I think that's right. It is. Mm. And mm. so you got to so take you did it have seriously. Time. Do and you have times be,
0: when you're kind of like doubted yeah, it? you got to work bit. at it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Got, but and the, what we reminded ourselves of and others around us is, in our terms, was we sold to the right company. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not easy. Mm. Most of the time, actually, for us, we were quite fortunate. It was a good ride. Um, but there's going to be days or periods where you go, fuck sakes or this is pissing me off or whatever but you know that's what marriage is all about isn't mm. it mm. i don't know yet neither we'll do see. i yeah we'll, we'll find <laughs> out soon <laughs> so i hear yeah um, well, I, and i've, I've realized
0: Scottie, we've had like the last few guests so you mills they're all they're i think they're all millionaires we had jason stockwood on last who um simply business match.com skyscanner he was like he's multimillionaire, um, all super successful. Um, and everyone's talked about money in different ways. But I've never actually asked any of them, like, are you a millionaire? So I thought I'd just ask you like. Why does it have to be me? Yeah, I just thought <laughs> I, I've dodged it every time. Like, I, yeah. Um, I am, yeah, yeah, yeah. And how does that feel? No,
1: uh, Had you asked me at the time where I made maybe my first million, um, I'd have been giving you a really good answer. Probably long lines of, it's great. Uh, I do, and I remember over the years, it, it brings in new dimensions. But look, I, I have to prefix this with: I'm incredibly fortunate, and for I don't take, I don't, and I'm not just talking about um, the wealth. I feel I get very uncomfortable talking about. Yeah, this. yeah, this is why mm-hmm. I've
0: avoided asking it. Yeah,
1: fair. it is. I, it's an area. I, I, do you know when I first sold Fetch? It was quite a big deal in the industry. And I was on the front cover of the Industry Mag campaign. And they started asking me similar questions. And I tried to avoid it. Because it's just, mm. you don't want to be talking about no. this. Mm. And I'm cool talking about it now. Yeah, because yeah. this is just, I'm being open and honest. And that's the, that's the whole point of this this, this mm. podcast. But the, they, uh, the the headline on the front cover of campaign was Connolly, mobile, multi-millionaire. And I was like, that's not, that's not what you <laughs> want the story to be.
0: Um, but that's why you put off talking about it. Because that isn't why you, yeah. you know... You, yeah, you've made money, and that's fine. Yeah. But it's not what you want to be known
1: for. It's not what you want to be known for. and um, But anyway, the point is, I don't take for, for a, a minute or a moment uh, for granted how fortunate I am. And it's allowed me and family friends um, and family to do certain things or get out of certain things or improve certain things that we wouldn't have been able to otherwise. And... Um, and that is just a brilliant position to be in mm. you know I, it, it's, it is amazing um, and even like just I think for me the most the, the biggest reward is choice so I always thought when I was, certainly when I was younger I thought this is apart from building a company and, and having a brilliant time and ha, you know leaving a small small mark on the world you know, creating some wealth would be a really cool thing and what I actually realised was, yeah, that might be able to buy you, you know, whatever car you wanted or a few houses or whatever you people want to spend their money on. But, after a while, that glitz and glamour wears off. Hmm. It's a bit like, um, it's a bit like travelling business class, you know. First time it's cool. First time it's like, this I've is never done it. But. Awesome. It's, it's always really good when someone else is paying, <laughs> i.e. your company. And then, after your sixth or seventh or eighth time you're like, Well I'm not going I'm not travelling in the economy again. Mm. I've actually made mm. that migration back to economy because I've I think I'm unemployed in my head and I'm like, Shit, I've got to watch the pennies. Mm. So I'm now <laughs> changing my lifestyle because I haven't got fetch paying for it. But
0: um Cool.
1: But where was I going? I'm doing a Mills. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> Mills will be listening to his lovingness. this. Loving this. Yeah. I've copied his
1: uh, "Yo." You, yeah, I saw that. Um, on
0: your can we talk about that in a second? Or somebody else? get <laughs> me back on track. Uh, what was I well, saying? Oh, well, well, I've, I've got Scott, another question.
2: Go. What would you say? Because if obviously finance, I know from everyone we spoke to, it doesn't actually seem to be. But what would you say your driver is now? Actually,
1: yeah. Sorry, that's 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 got me back on track. When All I right. Just got. At least one of us is. <laughs> <on the ball. laughs> um, but for me, the best reward has been having choice. And this gap year is, is the first time that I am bathing in what I've created. Uh, and it's great, I really am enjoying it. Like I don't have to go to work, right? That, I wake up every day, practically, for the last 11 days and go, my God, I'm lucky. Mm-hmm. You know, that is so, for me, I, I am, this is what I've always wanted, to have choice. And I know I'm gonna get bored, and I know I'm gonna go back to work, Quote unquote. But that for me is what, you know, mm. that is a good way of measuring success is being able to do what you want with your mm. time.
0: It's so, mate, I can't explain how inspiring it is. I'm smiling because so many people, I don't know, I meet so many founders and stuff who are like trying to sell a company and they've got their exit plan and mm. their five year plan and that's all they want. And then just meeting you, you're somebody that's done it. You know, you've built a company for 10, 12 years, it's been your life's work. You know, you always thought one day you'd hopefully sell it, but you've actually just spent every day grafting, and you've done it, and you've earned it. And I'm—it's weird. I'm like, I don't know you that well, but I'm—I'm I'm proud because I'm like, yeah, you're the, probably the only person that I've really met that's done that so mm. young as well. Um, and that's why it's inspiring to know you can do that in the way that you've done it. I just think it's—it's it's, it's sick. Well, that's so funny. I don't. Yeah, that's yeah, funny to say. That's yeah. why I don't think. I think asking the question, "Are you a millionaire?" I feel uncomfortable asking it, but I do think it's important to. For you to say, I'm now, yeah, do you know what? I'm having a year out, out. I'm having a gap year, and I'm there. I think that's amazing to be able yeah. to,
2: to earn that. You've earned it. I think it's more important just to break down what the idea of a millionaire is yeah. or what their values are, I suppose.
0: It's been so interesting, and it's got talking to these people like um, about mo- like money c- keeps coming up, and it is such an in- well, interesting... Well, yeah, it keeps so coming up, chase but it and then it's and always knocked
2: to the side, isn't it? Once because, you get it, because everybody that like,
0: says they get it is then
2: kind of... Has your dry or your purpose changed recently as of the last few years because with i mean there's a, presumably would have been a clearer direction at fetch because that would have presumably been uh, at least a big part of your purpose
1: That's a good question. undoubtedly the answer is yes how, how it has changed, I don't know I mean okay. I, I have matured. In, in various ways over the years, as people do, and I think the best way for me to think about that is if I were to if I were to go again and and do a business again, which is going to happen, right? Mm. I just don't know in what guise yet would I start it? Would I invest heavily into one? But I don't know. Um, but there are some things that will make me tick in a different way, and the purpose of the company won't just won't be the same as what I tried to do with fetch. and I think the the key things that I'll really enjoy and, and, and want to drive me will be um, watching other people flourish now at fetch we harness a really I always believed instinctively that culture was important didn't even know it was culture. I just thought create an environment people want to be in, be honest be you know integrity is important, have values and all these types of things. And, uh, um, but I wanna see individuals, like we didn't, I don't know why, I don't know why. I, I spoke to an executive coach about three or four weeks ago. Um, it was like a parting gift from Dentsu, I think they sort of said, yeah, go and have a chat with the coach. <laughs> um, and, uh, she's a coach. And she's a really smart woman, and we were dis- we were discussing this point, I said, I was disappointed that we haven't had loads of entrepreneurs come out of fetch. Like we've hired a lot of people all around the world. Um, And we've had, there's a few success stories, well literally one or two. In fact, yeah, let's say one or two. Um, and I don't understand why I didn't harness a, an environment where we were having and I used to say to people like if you've got a good idea come and talk about it and let's But it just didn't happen mm-hmm. so for me my next venture I want to see other people succeed and I want to be able to become the facilitator and the enabler and, and, and help people realize their goals because I think that would be a good challenge for me uh, to move away from the doer to the enabler Um and it will be rewarding to see success in other people. Mm. Um, so when I think that's a big change for so me.
2: When you say idea, do you mean in relation to Fetch, or just if they have an idea for anything? really? No, no,
1: anything, anything. Mm.
2: So if they said, "I want to leave Fetch, I've got this idea." Yeah. You want to enable that?
1: I want to enable that type of thing in mean, whatever business I do next. You know, mm. a, an entrepreneurial culture, and I think I and we have we have some we have and we had some amazing talent at Fetch. Um I, I think if I were to do it again, you know, I would harness the entrepreneurial nature in everybody else. The uh, I almost felt like perhaps I kept the entrepreneurial bit to me, mm. which I wouldn't do again. Mm.
0: Have you seen um James's Insta guy? Yeah, I, I've, um, I, I have you, you it's shared class, it. To me the so other day. for those listening, James is on day 1 of your gap year. You did a video on your Insta to say, right, it's day 1. I'm going to do I'm going to start documenting it. Um this is the first video, and you actually said, "I'm I'm, I'm stepping into the discomfort. I don't. U- I'm not mm. usually this open and talk like this. So I'm just really interested. Like, why are you doing that?
1: It's an idea I had a few a month or so, or maybe even two months before <clears throat> I stepped away from the business. And I was thinking, look, what am I going to do with a time off? It's a gap year. You got. You've got to. Usually people go travelling and oh, I do you know what, I did so much travel with Fetch. You know, we were in three continents, I was flying around the world. I was like, I don't really want to do that. Um, but I did want to get out of my comfort zone and try mm. new things and, and, and that would be, I'm learning piano and I'm doing a triathlon, I'm doing you know, various things that I've always wanted to do but more to push myself. Yeah. But one of the things I thought was, I've always had this weird relationship with social media and actually my own personal brand Um, partly back to some of the points we were discussing earlier but I've always just stuck to the the safe route on that which is don't say anything don't share anything unless Mm. I'm in the press I do a lot of of press stuff and it would be the corporate line but I wouldn't really open up and no
0: from what I've seen of you you've always been clean cut always clean cut so professional Exactly. CEO of Fetch, James Connolly.
1: And that, I think, goes back to the age thing. I was like, oh, I can't be my real self. I need to be a polished version of myself. That's not a bad thing. It's a balancing act between the polish and the real self. Um, But I always took the line of caution. And I had my own Instagram was, you know, not many followers and on private. And I wouldn't share any stories. And I thought, I'm going to document what I do. Because A, it would make me feel uncomfortable. I mean, talking to a camera makes, makes me feel uncomfortable. I don't know if it's just, well, I know everybody thinks, so, but looking at yourself, it's just like, oh God. I thought, no, I'm not gonna like do loads of takes or edit, I'm not doing any of that shit. Uh, I'm gonna talk to the camera. It's gonna make me do interesting things, right? Because I can't just talk about having bacon sandwiches. You know, actually I did that yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> but it was at Dishoom and they are really good. Mm. I can't just talk about doing nothing. So it will make sure that I go out and do things. And do you know what else? And this has worked. You know, it's 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 entertaining for me because it's something to do. Mm. Um, I'd probably only waste it looking at other people's. Mm. I still do that as well. Yeah. Mm. Um, so I'm I'm just I'm just being open cool. and honest. It's gonna it, evolve.
0: It feels like the real James is like mm. coming out. That's what it feels like. It feels like in a way it's been suppressed in some way for like a number of years because you've had to be this certain person at work or in your head you might have been. And now it's like actually, do you know what? This is this is who I am.
1: I think you're right. Mm. Uh, even doing this, you know, if I had I done this a year ago, I'd have taken a probably a slightly different approach, mm. but I'm just, it's the, um, everybody does give a fuck, but it's a bit of a don't give a fuck card. Mm. What have I got to lose? I'm just going to be myself. Um, and, I've got nothing to gain and nothing to lose.
2: Is it exposing or does it feel it?
1: Do you know, strangely, not as much as I thought. Mate, I'm I'm, I'm 10 or 11 days in, you know. (laughs) I'm talking about going to Pilates class, so it's not that (laughs) exciting yet. And I want to evolve and develop it and do different things. And I think as I get more comfortable, I need to take the next step and do something uncomfortable. So, so far, it doesn't feel that exposing, but I'm sure it will do.
0: Was it tough... Running the business, do you feel like the team ever knew the real James, the James that's coming out now on on Insta? Yeah, yeah, I definitely. Yeah.
1: If if you're in the once you're in the tribe, once you're in the tribe, it's I. Uh, I've always uh, I've, I'm quite proud to be very open and honest uh, with with people, but you've got to be in the tribe. Is a good mm-hmm. way of putting mm-hmm. it. Um, so everybody knew, knows knows, and I therefore I'm able to form close relationships with, with people. And, you know, I'm going to stay in touch. I already have done, yeah, almost on a daily basis with all my key people. And, and
0: did you keep the professional? This I'm genuinely asking this, just yeah, I, I'm worried about it as a as a leader and running a business. Did you keep the professional clean edge externally so that because you were young as well, just to mm. make so that you were viewed as credible? Yeah, yeah,
1: basically, yeah, and I think it works. Um, but I'm more confident now. I've got more of a track record. I could be more myself next time and not worry so much about what people think. Mm. And that's just, a, you know, it's, it's, experience is so valuable. Mm. Yeah, when I started the company at 23, you have to be anti experience. You have to go, yeah, it's guts, it's blah, 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 determination, innovation, whatever else. But at the end of the day, there's nothing better than experience. Mm. And uh, and I'm fortunate to have some now, mm. <laughs> finally.
0: No, it's, it's so it's so interesting to hear yours c- story because like that's honestly what partly why I'm doing this is to like keep myself accountable so that you know Scotty works at Sanctus. I, in here, I've got to be real. Um, I'm doing it to make sure like I don't lose sight of like who I am because mm-hmm. it is easy to slip mm-hmm. into it. Like I always, I haven't told this story many times, but at the IAB panel, um, we signed the BBC last year, and when they asked us. Um, how will you scale to the business sanctus to the BBC? We didn't know. And I was so close, nearly slipped in and gave him the polished answer of like, and actually I just said, Jamie, like there's four of us in the office, six coaches. You'd be our biggest customer by tomorrow. I don't really know just yet, but we'll, we'll work that out. And he signed straight away. Yeah. And yeah, moments like that. I'm just trying to remind myself, keep being yourself, George, yeah, don't definitely. lose yourself. Cause I think That's in the last cool story. in the last business with match Jack, we, I don't know, we were too polished and we kind of, it wasn't good for our mental health,
2: long story short. Yeah. Were yeah. You have, have you had experience of that, knowing that you've not been yourself truly?
1: Well, look, I think I think publicly, mm. there's a big difference between publicly yeah, and personally. No. Publicly, I always took a more polished version. We discussed that. Personally, so I, with clients, and we've always been very open and honest. I've got a similar story to the BBC, com were our big first client, this was years ago. And um, we had a similar story and we were like, look, they wanted us to go, into the, they said, what about US office? And I said, look, you know, we're barely keeping the UK one going, we're, we're a young startup, but if you do X, Y and Z, we'll do it with you and so on. So, um, yeah, I think, the per- personally, we've always valued being very honest and true and I think that is the right thing to do with everybody. There is a case of, you know, the saying, fake it till you make it. Everybody's mm. got their story about that, particularly in the early days. Yeah, you know, I've definitely got my story. I mean, I remember there's a, I was listening to, the woman who started um, the Pippin' Nut business this mm. morning. Yeah. And she had to do a bit, you know, I can't remember exactly what it was, but she couldn't fulfill the order when she got her first Sainsbury's order. And, uh, but, you know, you just got, you, you can't be telling someone you can't fulfill an order. But you mm. might say, look, work with us. So on and so on. Everyone's got their fake it till you make it story. What's the guy? He was on Dragon's Den. Um, oh, I
0: remember the recruitment guy. The that's, recruitment the, guy. That, that's the classic story that I, w- I locked onto as a kid. Have you heard yeah. this one? Sorry. No, no, I haven't. The, oh, what's his name? James? Khan. Khan, yeah. Um, He was a recruiter, and he didn't have an office, but he would tell people that somewhere in London, this huge skyscraper central office was his office, and he'd come out the central doors for a meeting... And it would say something like, oh, you know, we're fully stacked upstairs, there's no meeting rooms, well, let's go to the coffee shop next door. And then didn't he have, like, a cupboard? <laughs> yeah, they the gave cupboard. him, like, yeah, a cupboard. exactly. Which but is, I remember that's, that. Yeah, it's so it. funny it was, you remember that story. And I,
1: everybody's got to have that face. But thing. I
0: thought that's how business, I thought that was it. I thought you had to. I, I know what you're saying, like, there's sometimes that a little bit. I think, is a stretch.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, we, so, in, in San Francisco, when we first launched in San Francisco, we didn't have an office. Um... And this was actually, believe it or not, even before the days of WeWork, they that hadn't, WeWork hadn't kicked off at this point. And uh, so we needed somewhere to meet our, we were hiring candidates. So instead of meeting in our hotel, which was three star and terrible, we'd meet at the Four Seasons on market <laughs> in, in San Francisco. And uh, we didn't say we're staying here, but people thought, you just straight away go, okay, they're serious players, they're standing, mm. they know what they're doing. You know, it was a bit of bullshit in Bravada, mm. but it gave people a bit of confidence. In yeah. It. Mm. You know, so everyone's got their, yeah. you know, their. I,
0: I do think as well with what we're feeling, what we felt recently is when Sanctus first started, being the new kids on the block worked for us, like two lads, two northern lads, Midlands lads, talking about mental health in a different way. It got us so far, mm. but now people actually, credibility, safety, trust is huge, especially in mental health. Mm. And actually, internally, on the, you know, behind the scenes, we've got. Senior people from the NHS, um, like advising us, who are also on the team, like super experienced people that we actually now need to talk about that a bit more because almost like your credibility, it's holding us back by still trying to play that kind of like I was saying about me sitting on the panel rather than playing mm. that I'm the new kid on the block. It's actually no, I'm the credible guy. Yeah. Um, it's so, in, I'm, mate. I'm loving chatting here because it's I'm I feel like I'm learning. I think time. the
1: trick is to get both speeds working where you can be honest and vulnerable and that's you and and people buy into that but also have a business that meets the requirements of your customers which is a certain level of credibility be it your staff Mm. or your processes or accreditations or whatever it is and to be able to have both speeds Mm -hmm. is probably the answer yeah
2: yeah did the value of honesty like did it come from somewhere because obviously with match chat then i know that you you had the idea of what business was uh you knew Well, you trailed and tested it. It didn't go well, Mm -hmm. and then obviously Sanctus was a way of, uh, I don't know, making up. Yeah, making up for that. Did do you was there? Did that value come from somewhere, or has it always just been part of you?
1: I was exploring this recently with this coach, and um, because I, it was only until a year or two ago that I realised. And I'll tell you how I realised. Everybody told me. I didn't realise how important honest and integrity was to me as mm. a leader, even though it's basically how I've run my business for the last ten years. And it was only in the last year or two, weirdly coming out of Fetch and into Dentsu, that everybody kept saying to me, "Oh my God, you know the thing with you, James, is you just tell it as it is. You're really honest. You, you really value integrity." Blah 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 blah. I was like, oh, "Do I? Oh yeah, I suppose I do actually. Yeah, that's a good point." And Two things about that, one is when you run a business and you're the CEO and the the top person in the company, you never get any feedback, which is a problem. Or it's hard to, yeah. It's hard to get feedback, it really is hard. It really is, you will sometimes, but not like being an employee. And that, therefore you've got to get people around you. I always used to get people, mentors around me, either formerly mentors or people who I just really respected. You got, to, but even that's difficult, particularly when the business is going well. You know, mm. but everybody wants to strive to be better. So getting feedback is difficult. But when you're going to Denton, it changed, and um, and I realised that I'm a, I really value honesty and integrity as part of <laughs> business. But I don't know why. Mm. I don't know why. Just it's just it's just natural to me. Mm. Have you always been
0: like this, reflective? Because you feel like you've done, yeah, you're doing fair. some like inward soul searching or whatever it is.
1: Um, no, I haven't, and I think this is the journey I'm on now. I think it's about understanding only because I'm interested, and obviously I want to, you know, improve as an individual, not just in my output, but being a better human as well. Um, and I think I'm in that stage because I'm not so focused on building a business; I can build me. A bit. I mean, it sounds so cliche, doesn't it? But uh, I had that chat with Mills because we went. I told him what I was going to be doing with with you know Instagram and leaving and whatever else. And I've always valued how you know vulnerable he has been and and h- how he's broadcasted it. We chatted about. It. And he get you know, he inspired me to get on and do it. And he he's been on a, a on a journey. And and he was saying, look, it sounds like you're going to go on a bit of a journey. And yeah, and I'm enjoying it. Day
2: eleven. Day eleven. <laughs> yeah. I guess to kind of start to wrap up would be. Uh, I think a good place to start in this would be what does your day-to-day look like now? So like I know obviously you're doing a lot of uh, content but how different is it? Does it does it feel like something's missing? I, I didn't yeah, I saw on your Instagram you went close to a um, to the tube just to
0: feel the buzz in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is true. I did. So
1: um well, firstly, I feel I'm in a strange first couple of weeks where, like today, after this, so I, I was up early, half six this morning, I was running, came here, then I'm off to, I've got a meeting at 11.15, somebody wants to see me to pick my brains or something. Then I'm seeing, so one of the people that did uh, leave, fetch and start up a business, um, I'm seeing for lunch. Cool. And then i got another meeting, then I'm out for, the, so it's like almost a work day. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I feel like I'm actually doing a bit too much of that and I need to regulate it so that I can feel like I'm, I'm going on holiday next week, so that'd be pretty cool. Um, the content piece, rightly or wrongly, probably wrongly, hence I've only got you know a handful of followers. Uh, I don't make an effort with it. I just record as opposed to, I did for the video, the first video, where I told everybody what I was doing. I I had a little tripod and had a few dummy runs. But otherwise, i just get on with it. And maybe I should make more of an effort with the content. But I can't be asked. And I think that's okay, because I'm not trying to be a content creator. I'm just documenting my my life, Hmm. and people are either going to like it or not. Um, So, yeah, I'm still figuring it out, but... I ha- even, even it's funny, I always used to take the piss out of my mum because she said to me, I'd be like just getting off a flight from wherever it would be and then going to a meeting or whatever. And she'd go, I'd call my mum, oh, how's it going, mum? She'd go, yeah, oh, busy day, darling, busy day. I'd say, oh, all right, yeah, busy. What are you up to? Well, I've got art in the morning. Um, and then, oh, I've got piano. And then I've got Jean coming round. And I'm like, oh, sounds like a nightmare. You must make sure you get your rest at the weekend. Anyway... I found myself doing it. I found myself doing it. I I don't know who I was on the phone to. And I was like, yeah, pretty busy. Pretty busy, actually. I've got a golf lesson in the morning. I've got a swimming lesson. And then uh, I've got to go buy this piano. And then you realise that it's not really busy, but you've got stuff to do. Mm. Um, So I'm enjoying keeping myself busy.
2: I had a note here about golf lessons. What, th- there was something that sprang oh. up about golf lessons there. Oh, no, let me tell you about the
1: story before we, before yeah, we go move on, because this is weird. I did go to the tube station. I went to work, but didn't get on the tube. Uh, that's a slight bend of the truth. But I usually walk the dog in Old Park, right? And uh, I just got up, and it was early. It was commute time, and I thought... I'm going to go to Highbury Fields because that's where I used to walk to get on home. And I thought, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I just feel I need to see people and see what it's like and just see what it feels. And I did. And it was weird. Weird that I did it, Yeah, first you're not of a all. commuter anymore. But I'm not commuter. At the minute. I walked down the hill like I usually do, but <laughs> I had the dog with me this time. And as opposed to crossing the road again on the tube, I walked back and it felt good. You're so funny.
0: I'm absolutely loving it. I, I, for anyone listening, I will will tag James's the bio because I do want people to watch because you're similar... I just, internally, so we've obviously got a therapist coach on the team. I'm like doer, entrepreneurial, w- always want to be busy, always want to be doing stuff. Mm. The times when I've slowed down or done something a bit left field, everyone on the team is like, George, keep doing that. And I'm like, mm. that's not me. But they're like, no, just keep doing that. And I don't know, that's how I'm feeling with you, like playing the piano, swimming, swimming. Even the things you're saying about tr- doing video because you kind of want to, but at the same time you don't want to not be yourself. So you're like, "Guys, doing this video. I'm probably not going to do another one for t- two or three weeks." I'm loving watching that because I'm like, "This is the real James." I'm, I'm, I'm on the journey with you, um, and yeah, it's, it's. I get. I'm almost living that bit through you in a weird way. Like I feel like the team live through me sometimes. The way I'm le- figuring myself out, they seem to enjoy it weirdly, and I'm like, "Why are you enjoying watching this?" that's that's how i feel watching your stuff so oh, that's cool to hear um, thank
1: you. I'm, at least somebody's enjoying it <laughs>
0: <laughs> and i'm excited to see what happens next whether it you know uh, what i'm in, what i think's really interesting rather than forcing it i'm feeling like you're taking your time you're exploring things that you just want to do and try things like the piano doesn't really make sense from a business point of view but it's something you've always wanted to do so do it and it all might lead somewhere
1: yeah cool. it's a it's a total experiment i'm just having fun everyone says you know, you've got to pick something, fuck that. I'm sure you do if you want to be a social influencer. I don't, I'm just having a bit of fun. I like anybody else want to get more followers because it's this self gratification. Mm-hmm. But I'm not gonna do the things that you're meant to do to get the followers because it just feels wrong. And that's why I'll probably n- not have many followers, but at least I'll have a bit of fun.
2: Mm-hmm. Sick. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you
1: so much for inviting me on. Because a, I really enjoyed it, and b, I was I was looking forward to opening up a bit. So I've loved it. It's been
0: great. Cheers, man. Nice one.